0: Hello, friends. It is sunday february twenty eighth coming at you with the leader in She podcast and I want to have a conversation with you right from the heart as we are in the midst of so many things as leaders, and acknowledging the fact that sometimes as leaders, we are just tired. we are emotionally tired. We are mentally weary, worn out from a variety of things. And I know that so many of you are seeing that in your everyday leadership roles. So today we're going to spend a little time talking about what to do when you're tired and how to overcome that. So gather a blanket, a cup of tea, put on your headphones whatever that is, as you listen to this, and we hope it resonates with you that you can gain some tips. And if it's helpful, share it with a friend. We would love for you to pass this along and looking forward to spending some time talking with you today. Here we go. All right, here we go. So let's just talk a minute about this word that I know we've all heard used and probably has impacted either ourselves personally or professionally or people that we love. And I'm talking about burnout and we hear that a lot, especially if you are in the business of caring for others, caregivers, teachers, nurses, social workers, physicians, anybody on the front lines right now with COVID. Really, I think the COVID fatigue and the impact of that really extends that. The burnout and the mental fatigue, the emotional exhaustion is real. So let's just first say and acknowledge that that is real and talk about how that impacts us mentally, emotionally, physically, and most importantly, what we can do about it. So in my research, as I was diving into this, oftentimes when something starts to impact me or people I love, the thing that I do to help me is to just research and to learn more about it. I think it's part of my maybe type A personality, wanting to be in control, feeling like I can do something, but, but that's what I do. So here's what I learned, and I hope that it helps you. So in one of the articles that I read, um, Psychological Science, it actually defined burnout like this, and I thought this captured it. It was talking about when the demands of the job outstrip the person's ability to cope with the stress. And I thought, oh my goodness, how true is that? How many times have we been in a situation as leaders where the demands of what we do just feel daunting? And sometimes it impacts our ability to deal with the stress related to that. And that happens to all of us. The trick of it is, is how to make sure that that's not long lasting because we know the negative effects of stress, particularly long-term and how that impacts how we interact with others professionally and also what we bring home to our families and our loved ones. So there's a lot of research out there that talks about how stress can actually impact our neural circuits. So it's not something that is just in our head. I mean, it literally can rewire and impact the wiring of our brain. Stress is something that people that have higher stress levels, that have more impacts of emotional dysregulation in their job, there's actually research out there that shows it enlarges your amygdala and I'm not going to get into the brain science about this, but it's fascinating if you want to dive into it. But basically that amygdala is a key component of your brain that helps us to have the ability to regulate our own emotions, to co-regulate with others. It impacts how we react to certain things. And there's just been a lot of research that I've actually done brain scans that look at the size of the amygdala and how it functions And the fact of the matter is, is it functions differently when we're stressed or when we're under stressed or feeling that we're under stress. There's additional studies that find burnout or stress, that that impacts memory and executive functioning and how we make decisions. We know, we've heard of the release of the stress hormone cortisol that has impacts physically, particularly if it's over time, right? So it can lead to multiple health issues, including heart disease and chronic stress. We know it's just, we know it's just not good for us. So rather than developing anxiety, I can feel it in my chest. I talk about my own anxiety um, and how we need to deal with that as leaders, but rather than developing additional anxiety on what our anxious thoughts, feelings, and stress can Due to us and the negative impacts let's shift our focus to what we can do about it so we all know that stress and anxiety and all of those other pieces impact our functions day to day we know that we can own that right we we know how it impacts us but what can we do about it so friends i'm going to share a couple things These are things that have worked for me. Uh, They're not foolproof. Sometimes certain things work better than others. Sometimes they don't work at all. Sometimes I have to be intentional about doing those things and I don't always get immediate results, which is kind of frustrating because while I am patient in a lot of ways, when something is not going well or not going how I want it to go, I get a little frustrated or impatient because I want to see a quicker fix. I want to see that my efforts are, um, oh, I don't want to say being rewarded, but just that it's making a difference, right? So there's times that when we do the work, it just takes time, and it's that consistent action over time that builds those results. So these are not quick fixes. They're something that I would encourage you to build into your daily routine and expect bumps along the way. Expect them to work better some days than others, but that daily practice over time is going to help you. So if you've got other ideas or things that work for you, please shoot me an email, um, comment on this post, take a screenshot of this, share it with a friend and, and tell us what else you've done that helps you to deal with stress and burnout and the emotional fatigue of what we are all going through as leaders right now. Because the only way for us to be better is to learn and to grow. And that's community. That's learning from each other. So we would we would really appreciate that. All right. In no particular order, here are some of the things that have helped me. First and foremost is sleep. I know I am not at my best unless I get my sleep. Now, There we've all heard the recommendation of seven to eight hours of sleep. I'm going to be honest. I tend to be one of those people that need more. I don't get it. In fact, I, this is an area of growth that I need to focus on. I also Full transparency, struggle to get good sleep when I'm stressed. And I'm sure there's a lot of you out there that are like that, where you go to sleep, but you can't turn off your brain. Your body is exhausted and your brain's exhausted, but there's something about hitting that pillow and all of a sudden your brain starts to go through all of the things that either happened that day or that are coming up. And I tend to be an overthinker and an overanalyzer. And so shutting that off is incredibly incredibly difficult for me. Some things that have helped is, um, white noise oftentimes in the background that will help meditating before bed, uh, journaling, reflecting, focusing on the positive. I actually keep a notebook next to my bed so that if I wake up in the middle of the night, which I often do with like the thing I need to do, I can write it down and then I can go back to bed so that I know I can tackle it in the morning. Those are some things that help. And just really trying to make sure that we get a good night's sleep. One thing that I just started is pretty on my um, watch, my phone, it has a bedtime. Uh, reminder and it plays the little you know lullaby tune to remind me that it's time to go to bed and just encourages me that getting that consistent sleep at a regular time helps with your you know body regulations and your circadian um, rhythms and all of those all of those great things so so sleep matters um, the second thing that helps me is fueling my body and I'm not just talking about what I put in my mouth. Um, but also what I put in my mind. And I think I talked about this a couple episodes ago, but what we fuel our body with matters. Garbage in is going to result in garbage out. So being intentional about putting the right foods in our body, Lots of vegetables, lots of fruits. I drink an amazing, I don't want to call it a protein shake because it's more than that, but with adaptogens and um, all kinds of just superfoods and incredible ingredients that I just, I'm going to be honest, I know it would be better to come from Whole Foods, but I just can't get that from the foods, whether it's because I'm in Michigan and we're in the dead of winter and we just don't have those things, or, you know, it's things that are not sourced in the United States. And we know that, you know, soil depletion and all of those types of things impact the nutrients that are in our food. So making sure that if that means taking supplements or whatever that is, do your research, right? Don't just take anything and anything you can buy. You could Google protein shake and get anything from, you know, Amazon or supplements and you could get anything. But do your research. Make sure that it is Fueling your body the right way, um, you know, organic, sustainable, all of those great things. Um, That's a whole nother conversation I'd be happy to have with you. But what we put in our body matters and it will impact how we can function at our best. The same is true for the content that we put into our mind. What do we listen to? What do we read? What do we consume on social media? What do we hear with the people around us? What are we telling ourselves? What thoughts and affirmations are we saying to ourselves? What are the words in our brain telling us about that negative situation? All of those things matter. And it's so hard when you are in the middle of a stressful situation to try to find the words that make it sound positive. That is so hard hard. And it's not toxic positivity, which we talked about a few episodes ago, but it is intentionally saying the words to wrap our brain around that. And there is scientific research about what our words are and how they matter. Owning the feelings, owning the hard, embracing the suck, as we like to call it, but also what can we do about it and being okay with feeling forward and learning from that. So fuel your body and your mind the right way. The next thing that uh, helps me is something I learned from actually from my students. We've, um, over the years, I've worked as a special education teacher and an educator. And um, one of the things we've learned for kids is just having an intentional schedule and scheduling those breaks in there. So what do we do for all kids all kids get recess, right? They get time to go outside and to play and to take a break from their work. That's important for us adults, too. We need to do that as adults, too. We need to schedule time in our day to make sure that we do it because if we don't, it probably isn't going to happen. Brendan Burchard, one of my favorite thought leaders and entrepreneurs, shares some of his research. Um, that he talks about, and it talks about being efficient. And so many times we sit down and we think we're being noble or getting more done by powering through, but really, even as adults, our max capacity is 50 minutes, five zero. So after 50 minutes, our efficiency and functioning just goes down. So scheduling those breaks, if it's five minutes, getting up, walking around, if you can go outside, even better, getting a drink of water, right? We know the importance of hydration and how that impacts our brain, getting up and moving, going um, to find a friend to give you a positive affirmation. I will set a timer on my phone. Learn this from Rachel Hollis. She has different timers throughout the day where on your phone, especially if you have an iPhone, I don't know about um, an Android, but you can set timers on your phone to go go off at certain times. You can pick the tune that goes off to, and under, I think label it is, you can type in whatever that label you want it to be. So it can be an affirmation to yourself. You are amazing. Um, don't forget to breathe, right? Unclench your jaw. <laughs> Sometimes I have to do that. Relax your shoulders, unclench your jaw. I have to almost set a reminder to that because I don't even realize as the day goes on that I just am tensing up and that impacts your body as well. So setting those intentional breaks and those reminders in your day, we need to do it. It's important. It helps us to focus on just staying healthy and proactive all the way through. So, so give, give that a try. The fourth tip I want to tell you is give yourself permission to say no. No, thank you. I'm not going to be able to serve on that extra committee this year. Or no, thank you. I, um, I'm going to, instead of going to that uh, party, I'm going to stay home and be in my PJs and snuggle with my kid. Or no, thank you. I'm not going to wake up at 7 a.m. to work on that project um, for work during my weekend. I will schedule some time during the day because having those healthy boundaries is important or, you know, whatever, whatever that is, giving yourself permission to say no and letting some of the guilt go of having to do all things or to be all things for all people. It's okay to say that to honor your, um, it's kind of like a battery, right? If our cell phone battery, uh, was dying on our phone, we would plug it in And we couldn't just keep using our cell phone, keep using, keep using, keep using. Eventually, the battery depletes. And so we have to give ourselves permission to stop sucking the life out of our own battery, to give ourselves permission to recharge and to refuel and to fill back in, and to be able to say no. To to say no to things that suck that battery life out of ourselves, so to speak. Speaking of battery life and technology, the next thing I've learned that is really helpful is turning off technology. So give yourself some parameters around when you are on social media, um, TV, you know, binge watching a show that could be a form of self-care at times, but we don't want to sit there all day long. And again, it goes back to what we consume. So garbage in, garbage out. If you're on social media, and especially right now, this is a hard Thing to navigate, you've got people that are um, negative and just constant complaining, or this perspective is just um, draining on you. Hit the snooze button, unfollow, whatever those things are. We don't have to debate every single argument that we're divided, invited to, particularly on social media. I personally. Um, this is a challenge for me because I'm going to be honest. I've got some l- friends that are very dear to me and some family members who I love so very much. And the social media content that I see in here is whoo. it's it's hard. So give yourself permission to turn that off. The sixth thing I want to encourage you to do is I want you to find people. I want you to find people that you can use to listen and as a support group, people that are there for you that are going to encourage you and uplift you, but also people that hold you accountable. So here's what I want to say. We can all go down the path of expressing our concerns and our feelings and our frustrations. That's important. We need to be able to do that. We need safe people that we can be honest and true. And when we're in that space of, um, you know, venting, I guess, but we also need friends that can rein us back in. So when we are expressing our frustrations, it's very easy and it's a very slippery slope to go down the path of venting and complaining to anybody and anyone that will listen. So I've learned this, you know, the hard way. Sometimes we're more in the trenches and it feels so overwhelming and the stress is so much. We want to just get affirmations that what we're feeling is real. And so we will talk to anybody, people um, in the hallways, people on our teams, people at home. And we're, before we know it, the only thing we're focusing on is the negative and the challenges and we're sucking everybody else in and it's turning into a complain fast, which while there is... Truth to naming and honoring the hard, it is a very slippery slope to continue to do that. And it just is a Quite honestly, it's uh, an unhealthy way for us to deal with the stress and the challenges. And again, that just refuels those circuits in our brain, right? The more we do that, it just refuels those. So then that is all we see. It heightens our stress levels. It increases our cortisol levels. It impacts the amygdala of our brain. So we need to name it to tame it. Yes, we need to um, feel it to deal with it, but then we need to deal with it. And we need to find people that say, I hear you that is frustrating, what are the steps that we're going to do to fix that together? Like, how can I support you? And then when they offer support, we need to be ready to move past that. One of the ways, um, the next tip is just creating a journal. At night, sometimes that helps with the sleep piece too, just writing a journal of your thoughts, your feelings. There's a lot of science and research behind that. Reflecting helps us to put perspective and put uh, parameters around what we're feeling and what's going on. The next tip is exercise. You guys know that's a big deal to me. Um, this week I didn't exercise at all, um, and it was I, I it showed. I was more stressed, I was less patient, I was not able to focus, it impacted it. If you can get outside even better, that's hard for us that live in the Midwest right now um, with a tail end of winter, but we had some sunshine here in Michigan and that always increases our mood, but the more you can get that heart rate up, get moving, stretching, yoga, that all helps. That leads into my next one, which is music. Music is a huge mood buster. Sometimes it's cranking it up, singing, you know, to Ellen John or something fun, what whatever your favorite mu- music is. But there also is a lot of research about just instrumental music and how that can have a calming impact. So maybe playing that in the background or listening to that as you're meditating, as you're falling asleep. When I taught um, in elementary school, when I was a teacher, whether it was kindergarten, second grade, fifth grade, whatever grade level I taught, we would have uh, piano guys playing on um, Pandora. I paid to not have the commercials because there's nothing more frustrating than a commercial coming on in the middle of your calm music but we always had the piano guys instrumental versions playing in the background low and softly we had our lights dimmed we didn't have the bright lights on and that just helped create a calm even while I was teaching that was going on in the background and it made made a big difference. The the next thing I want to share is just being able to separate facts from feelings. So sometimes that's writing that down. There's times that um, this is something I learned from my daughter that she taught me is to be able to, when you're in a situation or you're frustrated, okay, what are the facts? what's going on here and to identify the facts of the situation and then to identify our big feelings or our strong feelings. And sometimes just writing that down and separating the two helps us to gain perspective around that and to deal with that stress or that emotional fatigue in a more proactive way. Um, The next one is just being able to ask for help. It is okay to wave the white flag and to say, ask for help to say, I'm struggling here. I need some help. Uh, hopefully you've got a tribe around you that will come in and support, but here's the hard part that I've learned. Sometimes I ask for help and in my mind, I have an image of what I want that help to look like. And it's not always, (sighs) that type of help is not always what I need or what's best for the situation. And so sometimes in my stubborn thoughts, I will get frustrated with the help that is being offered. Um, so if we're asking for help, we do need to be willing to see the other perspective from the outside looking in to accept that help. You know, I think that this is especially true, um, in my uh, relationship with my husband, right? Like there's times that I will be frustrating, frustrated and he will come in and want to fix things. And I actually don't want his help. I just want him to listen and I need to name that, right? Like I can say, okay, I don't need any help. I just need you to listen and then I can move on. Or there's times where I'm like, okay, this is my struggle. What are your thoughts and ideas? And a lot of times he'll share that and I will immediately come back with, well, That won't work because of this, or that won't work because of this. Well, I tried that and it didn't work because of this, and I'm just amping myself up, and I'm not really accepting help. So I have this, you know, white flag waving, but I really am not open to receiving the help that's being offered to me. So working through that, being intentional, um, naming what supports you need, and then in the same vein of asking for help, give yourself permission to see a professional. I cannot talk enough about the power of having a helpful therapist or a counselor that you can speak to professionally. I think we all could use a therapist or a counselor, just like we could use a dentist or a doctor and our kids use a pediatrician and all of those things. Mental health, emotional health is just as important as physical health. We need to take care of ourselves, particularly now as leaders in your everyday leadership role. And we talk about what that means. The only way that we can lead well is if we take care of ourselves. And the emotional fatigue, the mental fatigue, the burnout, it is real. And we have to honor that and name that. And we can either let ourselves get burnt out and jaded by that, or we can be aware of it and we can work to be proactive to help to refuel our batteries, to recharge our batteries. And sometimes that means talking to a professional and following their advice that they see as well. And again, that kind of goes back to, um, you know, my experience with my husband, there's been many times in, when I was talking to a counselor that he or she would offer some suggestions and my, my response was always, well, but you don't understand this or, but that might do this, the, you know, but this, but this, but this, instead of just taking a breath and saying, okay, that's something that I will try with an open heart and an open mind. and. that's hard. That's hard to do sometimes. But most of all, I hope that you always know how very appreciated you are. Leading right now is is never it's never easy to lead in um in great times. Right now there's a lot of challenges going on in the world and so I hope you know that you are noticed. I see you showing up every day. You are appreciated. You are so loved. Uh, The work that you do matters, and we are so incredibly grateful for you and serving others and leading in a way, which is always our goal, to empower and inspire others to lead and to let our positive ripple effect go out into the world. That is our mission. That is our focus, to do so in a kind, authentic way real way to name the hard, to embrace the suck, and to move forward together positively, proactively, and authentically. So friends, I hope that these helped you. Just some things that I've learned over the years. Again, if you've got any other ideas or strategies or tips, please uh, shoot me an email, jenshultz.liveinspired at gmail.com. If you liked this podcast, take a screenshot, tag me on social. I would love to be able to say thank you to you. Drop a review on iTunes. Always look for ways to be better and to grow. If there's any other leadership content you'd like to hear, again, let me know. We are here together. Thanks for coming in this week. Wishing you an amazing week coming up. And again, remember you are appreciated. You are loved. You matter. Thanks for listening and have a great week.